Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life and leadership coach helping you to live authentically and lead with authenticity. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live life with more joy and awareness. I love diving into nuanced and paradoxical topics through deep, soulful, and fun conversations. I believe that the more we talk about complex issues and hold space to listen actively, we'll deepen our self-awareness and compassion for others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode. Have you heard of human design? In the last decade, I've been fascinated with different personality assessment tools. And two years ago, I was introduced to human design. It's another personality assessment tool that I found to be super insightful and helpful in knowing how my energy works and the way I engage with the world. There's so many facets and layers to human design, and my good friend Adi Sudarkov is a certified human design reader. We've had many conversations about human design, and she's helped me understand the nuances, facets, and layers of my human design archetype. In this episode, Audie and I dive into the basics of what human design is, which leads us into juicy conversation about what it means to be human and how we engage in the world as our unique human design archetype. Audie is a human design specialist and spiritual life coach to witchy woo weirdos whose unsung superpowers are their empathy, intuition, and divine feminine essence. As a projector and a guide, Audie helps her clients bridge the gap between their soul's greatest desire to be their truest selves and their day-to-day life's seeming limit limitations. You can connect with Audie at audiesudarkoff.com and can learn more about who she is in the show notes. Alrighty, let's dive into what is human design with Audie. Okie dokies. All right, I am so excited. So we are talking about human design and have my really good friend here, Audie. And so let's talk about human design. So I am really curious, just I guess give a 411 on what what is human design um, for those of us who don't know what that is. Yeah, so human design is a sort of newer personality assessment system. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that it usually um, resonates with people when they're feeling pain or discomfort, or they feel stuck or unhappy, like something feels off in their life. Very often, um, human design is something that they'll connect to. And I mean, personality assessment system, what I mean by that is like, it's, it's got some things in common with astrology. but it's similar to the Enneagram or the four tendencies, or even like, if you know, the disc personality assessment, um, these are all ways that we can use like sort of symbols and archetypes to understand ourselves and our place in the world, if that Um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, And so it's got things in common with all of those different systems. It's not related to them, but there are ways that we can um, kind of, get a deeper understanding of who we are. Yeah. And I find that, you know, like I said, like human design resonates very often with people who are, when they're feeling discomfort or pain in their lives, like something is off. They -hmm. have a purpose that they're here to serve. They feel like there's like something they're not doing. Something's not quite right. And that pain and discomfort can be the symptoms of a misalignment. Like something in your life is telling you that it's not okay to be, who you are or how you are and you feel disconnected with your right place in the world. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you have, you feel like you have some sort of larger purpose, but something in your life is telling you to ignore that intuition. Um, and so human design is a system that can help you return to that feeling of authenticity and a purpose in your life. So it's a powerful, it's a really powerful personality assessment tool And it can help people connect to their authentic life story, like who you feel you are meant to be Mm -hmm. uh, in the world. And the purpose you want to serve is actually who you truly are. Yeah, I love I love that because like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, like I am literally obsessed with like personality. I think because, (laughs) 
you know, like I am always on a search for understanding, you know, who I am in a deeper way. And, you know, like I remember the first time I heard about human design was uh, I was with Adi and one of our other friends in in Washington and they were talking about human design. I'm like, human design, what? Like, <laughs> like I come from, I come from knowing Enneagram. Like I had been into Enneagram for like the two years prior. And then this whole human design, I was like, what is this? Like, there's these different types. Like, and I, when you said like they come to, people come to human design because they're searching for something because there's something that's feeling like misaligned out misaligned is that like un- misaligned is that a word yeah misaligned or yeah, not out of alignment f- out of alignment or like discomfort like for me I remember I'm like Enneagram was great and I also was like I really deal a lot with burnout like I feel tired all the time <laughs> like mm-hmm. like audience I feel tired why do I feel freaking tired all the time <laughs> so human design was like another tool that really helped kind of uncover more layers of understanding myself but it was different from Enneagram so can you like like you touched upon like it has some ties to astrology like like how does that all work because I know some people are like I don't believe in astrology and I'm gonna be honest everyone (laughs) I grew up in the church right Christianity religion and so astrology that was like oh like do I have to believe in astrology like how does this work right so can you like I guess how do you like people if people are like I'm curious about human design but astrology like what is that yeah yeah well so I would first start with saying okay I grew up thinking astrology was a big old crock of like hocus pocus too (laughs) I was like whatever I don't want to be Um, I don't want to be put in a box. I'm not (laughs) just a Scorpio, you know, like I'm so many other things. Yes. And it just, it didn't feel the way that, um, excuse me, the way that astrology was always introduced to me and talked to me or, or taught to me or whatever people would talk to me about it. It always felt so limiting. Mm. And I think that, you know, any of these personality systems or archetype, I I think of them as archetypal systems. Um, Because, you know, an archetype is just is a neutral concept. Like, if you think of creativity, creativity is actually a neutral concept. It's just when you like make something out of nothing and you create it, right? Mm -hmm. But we have often have, we often have value judgments associated with archetypes. And so, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm going to use the example of astrology and if astrology doesn't resonate for you, I'm just telling a story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love like, I'm not saying like this yeah. is real and you have to believe it. Yes. I'm just telling, I'm telling a story and I'm going to use astrology. Like I'm a Scorpio. Okay. So this is how I was introduced to like the concept of being a Scorpio. People would ask me, what's your sign? And of mm-hmm. course, immediately I'm like, I rolly, like what does that even mean? And I'd be like, well, I'm a Scorpio. Cause I knew that much. I was born no- in November and I would get this look from them without fail. They would just be like, Ooh, a Scorpio. You must be so jealous. You must be so dark. You must be so intense. And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of am all of those things, but I'm also these other things. things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so those are, aspects of Mm -hmm. the archetype that Scorpio represents Mm -hmm. but there's not really like the person who is expressing the ooh jealous like (laughs) they were putting a value judgment on what is just was what is a neutral concept like intensity can mean a lot of different things yeah right like jealousy can mean a lot of different things it's just a word that we use yes so I just wanted to say like is you're listening to this conversation or if you're you're curious and you want to learn more about human design or you're like, oh, maybe astrology is like not what I thought it was. What I would say is if something is resonating with you, like you feel like, oh, yes, this is something I'm interested in. Let, allow yourself, like maybe give yourself permission to follow that curiosity and find out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
and see maybe it'll be helpful to you. Like, I think the question I often get asked, like, well, is human design real? Yeah. Right. And I think a mm-hmm. much better question is, is it helpful? Yeah. So I wanted to frame this whole conversation with that in mind, if that's okay. Yes. Um, like, if any of this sounds helpful or interesting, then that's something that might be telling you that you're connecting with it. And on the on the flip side, if your mind is like, or your even your body is like, no, thank you. <laughs> like that's, I don't even know what you're talking about. Turn off this episode. I'm Jocelyn's gonna have tons more great content. Like, just let it go. You know, it's no big deal. It's not that deep. Yeah. It's but not it that deep, everyone. It's not that deep. It's not that deep, but it can be very helpful. Yes. Like similar to your experience. I feel like I'm going a little bit off the rails, but I wanted to share real quick, like my experience with human design. Um, when I first heard about my energy type, um, a coach did a little mini reading for me. It was like 20 minutes. I was like, how do you know all that stuff about me? How did yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like she was just describing me to myself mm-hmm. And it was so intensely eye-opening and validating. Mm-hmm. It felt really, really good. Yeah. And that also sparked my desire to just learn more. Um, my husband, on the other hand, um, I talk to him about human design all the time. He's very, very patient, but he's not super into it. He's just kind of like, yeah. huh, yeah, okay, cool. He resonates more with the Enneagram. His his four tendencies, he's a rebel. So that probably explains why he's a little skeptical of everything. But he really resonated with his four tendencies personality assessment. So there's personality assessment out there for everybody. Yes. If you want one, you can find one that'll work for you. Human yeah. design happens to be the one that I resonate most with. I really, so li- really, gone down. I Sorry, really go like I really like how you framed the question like, is this is this helpful for you? Like what aspect or is human design or what aspect or both is helpful for you and like what resonates for you like is is this if this piques your curiosity I love that like you're offering that to everyone who's listening like if it piques your curiosity I think what I found is like entering into um like understanding human design and diving into it, like you can go as far or as not as far as you want into diving into human design. Just like with every personality like tool, like Enneagram, there's certain things that resonate for me and certain things I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. Like it's the same, similar with human design. So I really love that question for everything. Like is what, what of this is helpful for you? And yeah, it's like, listen to your body. Like if your body's like shutting down and you're like having like a really like <laughs> somatic response, then um, we'll see you in another episode. <laughs> so <laughs> with and, other, yeah. yeah. I was actually, um, there was a, there was another one that's very, very popular with the coaches that I know. It's the um, po- PQ, like yes. the positive, positive intelligence. intelligence, the saboteurs. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really um I think it's very interesting and it was established by like a Stanford psychologist or something. Yes. Like it has like big name Mm -hmm. academic associations with it. Um, And I remember, you know, when I was first introduced to it, I was like, Oh, I love personality assessments. I love all this stuff. Positive intelligence. That sounds great. I clicked on the website, started watching the introductory video and I literally could not understand what the guy was saying. Like I could, I was trying to read the website and I couldn't understand the sentences. It was like, there was something in me that was blocking me from like interacting with it, which I thought was really interesting, you know? And I was like, oh, instead of trying really hard or judging myself around like not, not resonating with this thing that a lot of my friends who I love and respect very much were into, I was like, okay, not for me. No, thank you. You know, and I moved on Um, and that's what we can do with, well, with everything. I mean, that's critical thinking, but it's also like listening to your like physical, somatic, intuitive sense. Mm -hmm. So what, so tell me like, or tell us the audience, um, the different types in human Mm -hmm. design. Cause I know like, like Enneagram, there's different types, all these personalities, you, you kind of end up in a type 
right? Mm -hmm. So like in human design, there are types. Can you tell us more about those? Yeah. So I would start by saying, zooming out a little bit and saying what human design does, it combines a number of established, older, esoteric systems. Like we've already mentioned Western astrology. It also explores the Jewish Kabbalah. It also explores the um, Hindu chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, and then it throws in a sprinkling of quantum physics and quantum mechanics in there. Um, And it kind of overlays all of them together. And what you get is a snapshot of what is called your body graph. So what the, your energy type and all of your human design is determined by your date of birth, your place of birth and the time of birth, Mm -hmm. similar to Western astrology and Chinese astrology too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you get this picture when you look at your body graph, uh, it looks almost like a subway map. (laughs) There's all these like lines and shapes. And for me, like I resonated with the body graph immediately. I was like, yes, I understand what that means. Some people are like, what it's, it can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. And what the body graph shows you is the way that energy works both within yourself as a human and how energy, how you interact with energy in the world. Mm -hmm. So other people's energy influences yours. We have electromagnetic connections between us and someone else, other, everyone else's human design will have a, an influence on yours as well. Like we respond to each other's energy all the time. And this is one of those things where I'm like, this is helpful. And I really feel it like you can walk into a room mm-hmm. and you could know immediately, no matter what your energy type is, no matter who you are, or what you believe, you can feel if you walk into a room, if it's like weird in there, or if you're like, oh yeah, like this room feels really good. I want to be here. This is going to be a great party or like, oh my God, this is so awkward. I need to go home <laughs> right now. You know, like you can feel that without, you don't, and we don't need any other information, right? Yeah. It's like, I think we're used to talking ourselves out of that feeling. Of, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's just me, but it's not. It's like, we all respond to each other all the yeah. time. Yep. So human design gives you like a picture of that energy. And when you think about the energy, all of that energy is, like I said, it's all archetypes. These are all neutral concepts, but because, and I'll, I'll talk about what the energy types are in a minute. I just wanted to say like, because we all have, we all live in the world, we're all conditioning each other. Mm-hmm. Like you grow up in a family, we grow up in a culture, we grow up in all these interlocking, intersecting systems of oppression. All of that has an influence on how we interact with our own human design and how our design interacts with the world. Yeah. Yeah, how we show up for ourselves and for with each other. Yeah, how we show up. Yes, exactly. And you can see that in how we respond psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, You can see a lot of that reflected in your human design. Like, so there are, I want to say five (laughs) human design energy types. Um, And they're all defined by which energy centers you have um, highlighted in your design. Uh And I'll just mention, like, you can get your free human design chart. If you're curious and you want to see what it looks like and what your energy type is, um, you can, there are a number of different resources. So you can just Google, but um, my favorite is actually free human design chart.com. Um, and that will, if you put in your date of birth, your place of birth and time of birth, and it will give you um, your human design chart. And the time of birth is actually quite important. So if you don't know, um, try your best to get within a couple of hours of your time of birth. I had to go back and like, ask my mom for my birth certificate, you know, uh, because it can change over, over time quite drastically. And you'll kind of know, like, if you start to learn about human design and you look at your chart and it's like, no, this doesn't seem like it's me. It may, it may not be quite correct. So the time, time of birth is important. Um, so there are, um, so there's 
the generators, mm -hmm. the manifesting generators, these are the energy types, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. And just to touch a little bit on what each of them are, the each each energy type, you can think of them as like a role in the play. Like we're all here to serve a purpose in the general play of the universe. Oh, I love that picture. And yeah. And it's like you, you know, we all we all do have our role to play to keep things going smoothly, to keep things running the way the world is supposed to run, right? Um, so the generators and manifesting generators are the workers of the world. They're here not to just do their jobby job, but they're here to really master the art of work. And they have access to life force and workforce energy. They make workforce and life force energy. That's why they're called generators. When they when you say work, what do you how do you define that? Because I think my first inclination is like work job. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know. Well, yeah. in our like, you know, sort That's... of capitalist, post-capitalist society, mm -hmm. we think of work as job. Yeah. Um, but work is more like, it's more keeping, keeping the energy of the world running smoothly. Mm -hmm. So work Yes, you know, we all because of the culture that we live in, we all have to do a job that brings in money so that we can, you know, pay our bills and do fun things, hopefully mm -hmm. have and, you know, have food available, send our kids to school, whatever, mm -hmm. um, have shelter clothing. Yeah. <laughs> but the work of the generator is the thing that they respond yes to when they respond yes to something. They don't it can be a hobby. Mm -hmm. It can be. It, any activity that sparks a aha uh -huh response from them. Mm. And when they respond, aha, uh -huh, their, their energy center, the sacral, which is the, the biggest motor, the energy creator in the human design body graph switches on. And that energy is something they radiate out to everyone else. And we all get to take advantage of that energy. So the best thing for generators is to respond uh -huh, to do things that feel really good to them, because that's then the type of energy that they'll be radiating out to everyone else. And we'll get to take advantage of like that good, positive workforce energy. Whereas if, you know, a we take a lot of advantage of generators, you know, they, they have this access to workforce energy that many of us don't have. And you know, if they're doing jobs that they don't enjoy, they're still radiating out workforce energy. It's just got kind of like a blah to it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we, so we yeah. want our generators happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how you said the little, the phrase, and I don't know if everyone caught it, but I'm going to say it again, is pointing it out. It's like, um, cause when I asked the question, like, how would you define work? Cause my first thought inclination conditioned thought is job. But what, what you said was like, do for generators and manifesting generators or both, right? Mm -hmm. Like is doing work that, that lights them up or doing work that they're, that they enjoy, or could it be also like they're curious about it? Like they have wonder in, is that what? That could be part of it. Um, mm -hmm. for, so generators, so generators and manifesting generators actually make up about 50% of the population there. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, the sacral that they have defined has it's a, it's either on or it's off and it's activated by sound so you can ask a generator a question mm -hmm. and if they respond yes if they respond aha uh -huh, and it's not from their mind it's not like hmm, i gotta think about this and write like <laughs> and make a pro con con list and see if the pros outweigh the cons no it's not in your mind it's in their body if their body responds with a, uh-huh, that sounds good. I'm moving towards this thing. That is like the sound and the sensation of the sacral motor turning on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it could be something that they're, they're curious about that turns the sacral on. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really that, uh-huh, feeling that, uh-huh, sound mm -hmm. that, creates that workforce energy that turns the motor on 
So if you, yeah. well, I was going to go on in another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense because that feels more expansive than than what, what my original question, you know, was like how define work, like me defining work as just the job, right? It, that seemed really limiting, but how you're defining it is like more expansive. So I guess what I'm saying, everyone is like, there's, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's a, an expansive understanding of like doing the work as a manifesting generator and generator. And I live with three of them. The rest of my family is generator or manifesting generator. So I totally understand that like, uh-huh, you know, response. Yeah. Yeah. My, both my kids are generators Yeah, um, and they have a lot of energy and that's mm-hmm. good. That's what they're here for. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, most, most of the, um, the, the population are generators and manifesting generators. Manifesting mm. generators are a little bit different mm. than pure generators. So they, um, they, in addition to having that sacral, they have a motor that goes to the throat and the game of human design is like, you, you want to get energy to the throat. The throat is the center of manifestation. So because manifesting generators, and when I talk about like the throat, the sacral, like these are energy centers that are related to the energy centers of the Hindu chakra system. Um, There's nine centers in human design where there are seven in the the traditional human, um, excuse me, the traditional Hindu chakra system. Um, But they, but they overlap quite nicely. Mm -hmm. So if you understand the chakra system, if you practice yoga or whatever, um, then you'll have a pretty good um, idea of how the centers work in human design as well. Um, so as I was saying for manifesting generators, they also have a motor to the throat and they are actually designed in, in quantum human design, which is what I studied. We can talk about that a little later if you want, but, um, they're called time vendors. So manifesting generators like are the multitaskers they are the ones who are actually designed to like move really fast and skip steps. They might have been conditioned by people who say they're like flaky or like they never finish anything. They're not really necessarily here to finish anything. They're yeah. here to show us how to speed things up. They're here to show us how to be really efficient. But sometimes, you know, on the road to efficiency, you have to be really, you, you're inefficient, right? Like in order to figure out what the correct steps are, sometimes you skip steps and you skip the wrong steps and you have to go back and redo those steps. Mm -hmm. So manifesting generators, like they just like do a lot of stuff and then we will see what they've done. And then we're like, Oh, okay, this is the correct sequence based on the wisdom that they are showing us through the quote unquote mistakes that they have made. Mm-hmm. so they're here to just like really move fast and and if you know a manifesting generator and even if they're conditioned like you can see that multitasking you can see how fast they move you can see how much energy they have yes it's really pretty incredible to to witness yeah yes i i witnessed that as in one of my kids and i'm like woo. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's interesting just to observe and mm-hmm. also it's like understanding for my type is, oh, this is where I can, where I take, I take some of that energy, where I take in some of that energy. Yeah. Because I am, yeah, you'll yeah, we'll talk about that next archetype. Yeah, we but. can talk about our, our energy type next. So both Jocelyn and I are projectors. Mm-hmm. Um, we are like the directors of the play. We're the ones who like, you know, we are here to guide. We're not actually here to do. We're not here to make anything. We're here to guide everyone else. Mm-hmm. And we, in you know, in traditional human design, we talk about how the projectors are the newest energy type. Um, there was like in the 18th century, some of the energy centers split off. And that was when the, the, the projector became an energy type. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're, we don't have a lot of energy, we don't have like you have a motor. I don't have a motor. Yes, <laughs> I don't have any motors. So we're not we're, like we're like I said. We don't have that access to the workforce energy. Mm-hmm. We can borrow it because remember what I said in the beginning is like this is the way energy interacts within ourselves, but also between humans. So we can 
borrow sacral workforce energy from other people. Mm-hmm. And because we're absorbing it, we're also amplifying it. Feels like really strong for us, yeah. but it's not ours. So we can't, we can't sustain it. So we get really tired. Yes. You know, like the dream for a projector and projectors are probably about 20% of the population. So the dream for a projector is to just take naps all day, sit on the beach <laughs> and then like have someone just call them up and like, like ask us for advice, right? Share what our knowledge and our wisdom and then, you know, go back to napping. <laughs> <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. We're the ones, I'm the one who has the vision in my family and then like other people make it happen. Yeah. Like that's, that's like the projector dream. Yes. But because of con- conditioning, like, you know, the generators are conditioned to do jobs that they hate mm-hmm. because they have energy and we rely on that. Projectors are conditioned to do stuff. Like we are always on ourselves to like get stuff done, to do it all, to like achieve mm-hmm. um, because that's that's what the culture values. It doesn't value napping no, and just taking occasional calls, you know, but we're designed to be teachers and coaches and guides like it's no accident that Jocelyn and I are both teachers and coaches (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah when I when I when I found out my type was a projector it literally like blew my brains because I remember I I mean I don't know if Audie you remember this but I kept on saying like okay we're still in a pandemic and right so like but through the pandemic, even before that, I'm like, I am always tired. Why am I always so tired? But yet I was in a profession. I was a teacher. I got shit done. Okay. So like I could, I have my to-do list. I was, you know, people were like, wow, you're so productive. You're multitasking. But I was damn tired. <laughs> and all I wanted to do, everyone, was take a nap. <laughs> my naps are four hours long. <laughs> so... <laughs> So like, mm-hmm. and so uh, knowing I'm like, oh, that energy was, I was borrowing it from everyone who was around me, my family, people at work. And that's how I was able to get stuff done. And, but now I'm, as I'm here by myself, y'all know you can find me at the beach and I will just sit at the beach for hours <laughs> because that's my happy place. Mm-hmm. Right. And that makes that resonates. Right. Like at the beginning of this of our conversations, like what resonates for you like that? When I was learning about human design, that resonated for me. I'm like, oh, now I understand why I always felt exhausted when I'm by myself. Yeah. 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 Because you don't have access to the energy of people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I would say too, is like, if we talk about the larger, like, what is all this for? Who cares? Right. What is human design for? Like I did say, you know, if you're feeling pain and discomfort, understanding and playing with your human design, experimenting with your, with living your human design Mm -hmm. can help you get back in touch with feeling more authentic, living your true life story, living Mm -hmm. your purpose. Mm -hmm. So on a personal level, it can be helpful that way. Yes. But in a larger view, like I said, every energy type has its role to play mm-hmm. in keeping the universe running and, and, but not just keeping it running, keeping it flourishing. Like we are here to expand consciousness. We are here mm-hmm. to create a world of justice and equity and love and compassion mm-hmm. for all living things. Yes. And in, when you look at that, larger sort of very esoteric magical you know perspective of human design then the projectors are here not only to guide but we also hold the energy of the new universal template of consciousness like Mm -hmm. we we can see and feel and hold the vision of what human potential is like yeah. what the potential of human consciousness is yeah. and then, dude that's exhausting <laughs> it's tiring like, <laughs> like I yes. can, I'm holding the template of future consciousness <laughs> of compassion and equity and justice and I need a nap that's yes. a lot just you that know? thought that's just, just that thought lot. is tiring but and it feels <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
just laughing because I'm laughing out of like, I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) But then if you look at it from that perspective, then the generators are here to create that future of consciousness. Yeah. And that, and that's part of why you really want your generators like happy and responding and being like, "Uh uh-huh. And like really feeling that like juiciness and energy of life. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are, so those are like, that's three. We've covered three three energy types. There's two others. So the manifestors are about 8% of the, the population manifestors. They have a motor to the throat, but not a sacral. So that's like the configuration if you're looking at the centers. But what manifestors here, manifestors are the only energy type that have a direct connection to creative energy, like the divine creative energy and flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the manifestors like way back in history were the pharaohs and the kings, like the ones who like were rulers and creators manifestors of reality Mm -hmm. and they would direct everyone else so that was sort of the older model now we're moving into projectors as being the guides Mm. but manifestors are still here to like make stuff like um, when a manifestor gets that divine creative spark there and their throat center is like let's do this they don't need permission from anyone they don't need to ask they don't need a um they don't need to respond to anything they don't need anything but their own creative desire to make stuff happen but manifestors so they have a lot of power every energy type has access to their own specific type of power but that type of power is something that we really value in our culture Mm -hmm. um but they're not necessarily here to like finish stuff like maybe they start things but then you have a generator who will complete it for you. Like they don't, they initiate Mm. that creative spark. They have access to that initiating energy, but they don't necessarily like finish everything. So sometimes, you know, a manifester will often be, uh, my mom's a manifester and you can feel the power that, and and she just like does stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and growing up with, with a manifester and a manifesting generator parent, uh, I have one of each. <laughs> I was always like, why can't I do stuff? Why am I so tired <laughs> all the time? You know, it makes sense to me now. Um, but you can see it in the way that she just gets an idea and she just does something and then she makes it happen. Like I, I talked to her one day, her life is a certain way. I talked to her the next day and she's like repainted her entire kitchen. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just a thing. She doesn't need permission and she doesn't ask for permission from anyone. But, you know, that conditioning of manifestors is often like, you are too much. Mm. You are too loud. You are, or you're like scary, you know, because mm. they have like a really intense energy about them. Yeah. Um, and especially like for feminine essence or female feminine identifying humans who are manifestors, very often that power is not appropriate and it's mm-hmm. not quote appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it can be quashed pretty badly. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting, just how there's, you know, you can see all the societal conditioning within these, arch- you know, that affects mm-hmm. these archetypes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it just as an archetype, like the manifestor is here to initiate, we need that initiating energy Mm -hmm. um, to keep the flow going in the universe. But then you take cultural conditioning, family conditioning, um, systems of oppression, and you can see how that that energy is shifted or or made smaller or rejected. Yeah. So we have like one more type that you're going to talk about. Before we go on to that, what I'm like reflecting on is like with each of these archetypes that you're sharing with us it's like there is there's some deconditioning we all have to go through when you know when we when we um, discover our archetype as with any personality uh, tools but I found that with human design is like knowing my knowing my archetype as a projector I've had to do a lot of deconditioning from whether it's cultural, societal, gender, whatever, like Mm -hmm. to kind of come back to like that true alignment within, you know, like, so that's, I'm noticing that for all the different 
types, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. And I would love to um, put a quick pin in that question. Talk about if that's okay. Talk about reflectors, which are the last energy type and then come back to that conditioning and deconditioning because that is a really big part of human design. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the last one. Okay. So, so reflectors are the rarest types. They are about 1%, maybe even a less than 1%. I've never actually met in person a reflector that I've known was a reflector. Um, and reflectors, like if you think about, um, we're talking about, um, the energy centers and what access you have to energy you have, um, within you, like we call that definition, Mm -hmm. Um, reflectors have no, none of their centers defined. Everything is open. So reflectors are almost like the canary in the coal mine, you know, like they really absorb and amplify all of the energy around them. Um, and they, they, they're almost like on a different level of humanity. Uh Their role really is to reflect the atmosphere of where they are they can show us when things in society are really not doing well like they'll it'll be reflected in their body and their health and their emotional health because they absorb so much they can feel when things are really negative and feel or feel really bad and so it's really important for a reflector to be in an environment that feels good to them Mm -hmm. and that's just purely a somatic feeling thing like if a reflector goes even so much like if a reflector goes goes to meet a friend for lunch and they walk into the restaurant and it just like feels off they're not gonna have a good time there they're not gonna you know it's it's just not gonna be a good experience and they have every right to say you know what let's go someplace else like this doesn't feel good i would say all energy types have have that like that right to be like no this doesn't feel good to me i don't want to be here Sometimes it's easier to do than others, you know, because uh-huh. life, but for reflectors, it's, a, it's especially important to do. Wow. I have not met a reflector. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you find out you're a reflector, uh, please do reach out. I would love to connect. I want to hear. I would too. I want to hear your experience, you know, as a reflector. So, okay. So those are the five archetypes. Okay, let's go back to that conditioning aspect. Yeah. 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 Tell me more about that. So, you know, your, our lives and existence as humans are the interplay between so many different things, right? No human grows up in a vacuum. We're social creatures. We really need other people. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, it's like a good and a bad, right? Like we need other people when we're small, we need our, our families to raise us and to love us and nurture us. Uh Um, and then as we grow older, we have our own children that we nurture. We have friends, um, who nurture us as well. Um, we have our families, like we really need other people, but we're also always responding to other people. So we Uh have these social pressures, expectations, like cultural pressures um like i said systems of oppression like racism sexism mm-hmm. ableism um in our in in where we are in the united states it's very prevalent mm-hmm. but it can also be subtle right mm-hmm. like you're just in this environment and it feels normal to you because what you experience is so common it's just like everybody experiences all of that Um, and what happens is, you know, we are born with this human design We're we're born, every human is born, beautiful, perfect, worthy, valuable, unique Mm -hmm. and whole of all humans in all of time. You are the only you that will ever, ever exist. And that is beautiful and precious, Mm -hmm. but it's not always communicated to us in that way. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you have to go to the right school. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm reflecting my own, like half Asian, half white, middle-class California upbringing. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like my experience was you got to go to the right school. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to study hard. You have to get the good grades. Yeah. Um, also, you know, from my Japanese mother, you have to be quiet. 
You have mm-hmm. to be obedient. You always have to look good. Your body has to be shaped a certain way. That's not just Japanese, but like, yeah. you know, my yeah. mom's idol Gen- is Twiggy. So, you know, and gender. I gender. Yeah. That's the gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like the gendered sexuality mm-hmm. thing. Like, um, and so as you grow up in that environment, as I grew up in that environment, the things that felt like me, like, why am I so tired all the time? Why do I love reading so much and learning so much? These are parts of my human design. Why do I want to give advice to everybody all the time? <laughs> I resonate <laughs> with projector. that, y'all. Okay. Yes. Total yes. Projector, projector thing. <laughs> um, why, you know, like, why are those things being rejected? Like, why are people judging me? Why are people saying, oh, I have to be this other way? I need to be more active. I need to be, you know, prettier or skinnier, or I have to be, you know, um, I have to have as a goal, um, going to a very good college and then getting a really well-paying prestigious Mm. job, which means, you know, everybody, all the people around me think that's a good job, right? It doesn't matter if it's what I want to do. It's how it's, how it looks on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of the, the conditioning and upbringing that I experienced and yeah. other people's, you, you know, you know what I'm, I'm saying it saying though, like we all experience that type of conditioning and human design is a way that for many of us, for, for those of us for whom it resonates, it's, it can be a wake up call. Like you were saying yeah. earlier, Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And and that wasn't my experience as well. It's like a wake up call. Like, oh my gosh, no, the way that I thought that I was, the way that I want to be in the world, the way that feels true and true. good mm-hmm. and authentic to me mm-hmm. is the way I'm actually designed energetically to be. Mm-hmm. These are the archetypes I'm here to express mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. This is the way that I'm unique and important yeah. and valuable not just it, not just to everybody around me, but to myself. Yeah. And that sort of wake up call moment is for me, it was like the beginning of the process of giving myself permission to live the way that I was designed. Ooh, that's powerful statement right there. Like giving <laughs> yourself permission. No, let's just sit with that. Let's just sit with that. Like, like give yourself permission to live that's in alignment of who you really like I'm, I'm hearing like who you really somatically and kind of inwardly felt and knew but because of this 3d world realm that we live in like it's for some reason there's this narrative that it's like not okay or it's hard but really it's we don't need to make it hard <laughs> It's like what I was saying, like, it's, it's not that deep. It doesn't have to be that deep, but it, it kind of, it does. Like it does. I, I can, yes. I can feel the energy of like, well, that's easy for you to say, miss like middle-class, whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. saying it's like, it's not easy. It's, it's yeah. can, it can, in a sense, it can feel simple, but it's also, and... so there's a cup, a couple of things that I would say. One is like that moment that you re- you recognize yourself in your human design is the moment that your experiment begins. We talk about mm-hmm. in traditional human design, we talk about experimenting with your energy type first and foremost. You're not going to be able to just like flip a switch and then just l- like live as an ideal projector. There's like Jocelyn, what you were saying, there's deconditioning involved. There's recognizing like, okay, the way that I was living before didn't feel good. I'm going to try living this other way instead. That's what you mean by experimentation. That's what I mean by experimentation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can go down a whole rabbit hole about (laughs) each energy type and how you live that experiment. Um, And I would, I'd be happy to share other resources that I have for people we're listening who are interested in learning more. Um, there's books, you can book a reading with me, like there's so many ways that you can start your experiment. Um, but the first is really like, getting access to your chart. Yeah, and I'll link, I'll link all that, you know, some resources in the show notes, everyone. And maybe this might be another, you know, double episode. Because <laughs> there's so much it is, there's so much and it's so fascinating, because I will have to say from my experience, I'm still in this like deconditioning, you know, space is like, 
like, you know, I started off with Myers-Briggs a long time ago when that came, when that was really super popular, right? I would say that was like in our teens, mm-hmm. <laughs> a long time ago. And then Enneagram, but every tool, it's like you will be led to the tool that like I call it divine or whoever, what do you want to call it? God source, whatever you'll be led to the tool to help you uncover more of understanding who you're, who you were created to be. And like human design was the next tool after Enneagram. Not to say like, I don't still delve into Enneagram, but I'm like, there's all these different facets of each one that is super helpful. And that resonates for me. So yeah. maybe not for you, but um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm just <laughs> Well, I would add to that, that each, each system that you play with is adds layers of understanding for those of us who are interested in personal development, spiritual development, like all of these layers Mm -hmm. can be really fun to play with, Yeah, you know, and then to go back just for a moment and talk about like the first step to your experiment is learning about human design. And then the second is starting to live it. And what happens is, you know, it doesn't always end up like rainbows and unicorns and flowers Uh right away, because Uh as you start to live in a different way, the people in your life will start to notice and they don't always like it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like this is important to say, and maybe this is the Scorpio in me, you know, like the dark intense, like, you know, the shadow workers. I mean, all of that stuff is true. And it's all like archetypes that I have healed for myself. I did some work (laughs) to be like, yes, Yes, I like dark things. Yes, yes, I am a shadow worker. Yes. Um, but, you know, moving through that darkness, moving through that shadow is part of the road into the light, right? Mm. You're shedding the things that don't feel good anymore. Yeah. And the people around you who notice that, you know, they know you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't like the way that you're changing because maybe you're not as available to them anymore. Maybe you say no more. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're making choices that really feel good to you. You're a generator and you're starting to say, "Uh uh-uh, to things that don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And the people you're saying no to are not always going to be like, oh, okay, well, that's great. I'm so glad that you're living your human design, right? They could be like, hey, you used to be available to me all the time. So that is like my my mentor calls that, there's like a void space where oh. you you aren't this thing you used to be anymore, mm-hmm. but you're not this other thing that you can see yourself as. You're in between, so you're shedding you're shedding like old skin, old habits. Yeah. Um. You're not quite sure who you are, but you yeah. can't go back. Yeah. Right. And that's like can be an uncomfortable space to be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, and I'm speaking from experience for sure. I feel like I've gone yeah, through I, so many different voids over the last few years <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know who I am. Yeah. And that's and, okay. And you're that's in the okay. Void. Yeah. Because you're in the void and the void is part of the process. Part it's of the experiment. Part of the process. Part of the experiment. So focusing on the experiment mm-hmm. of like, okay, I'm in the void. I don't know who I am. I'm a generator. What happens if I pra- my I practice listening to my yes and no? Mm. What if happens if I pra- even if I'm like I don't what do I, I don't know what I want for lunch today? Do I want a tuna salad sandwich? Uh uh-uh. uh. Do I want peanut butter and jelly? Uh huh. It could be as simple as that. For yeah. projectors, we're supposed to wait for the invitation yeah. instead of just like giving my husband unsolicited advice <laughs> on his squat form at the gym. I have, I have a background in personal training, so I'm qualified to do that. But even still, if he didn't ask, right, if he didn't invite me to give him advice on his squat form, then I need to just zip my lip because I will get side eye, right? And deservedly yep. so. <laughs> I am laughing so hard you know, because that's such, such my life. <laughs> if y'all just would just listen to my advice, we would be in such a great place, everyone. <laughs> you know, the world would be so much better if everyone would just do what I said. Yes, that's so the projector experience. And then when you give that unsolicited advice and you get the side eye, then you feel bitter and resentful. Yeah. And then you then you get in the nerves of like, why do I feel heard or seen? Okay, so yeah, this just means that we're gonna have another episode with a bunch of projectors to share 
<laughs> because I know several projectors, but it would be fun just to like, you know, yeah. for those of you who resonate and find out you are a projector, like who are, you know, what is it like, you know, and on the different passages, because I know for Audie and I, we are on different, you know, we all have our own journey of like experimentation. I think like, I love that word experimentation because it feels more expansive and you just get to play, like you just get to play with it. And, you know, it's, I, as you're talking, Adi, about like, you know, the generators and manifesting generators playing around with the uh-huh or uh-uh. It's like, it's, you know, you put it into like mental wellness. It's like ter- sp- term terms. It's like playing around with your boundaries, like mm-hmm. playing around with your boundaries. That's kind of what it is, you know? And I think that's all for all the archetypes too. It's like understanding, yeah. redefining your, your, your boundary space or whatever you want to call it. It is. It's redefining your boundary space psychologically, mentally, physically, all of those spiritually, things. yeah. Spiritually for sure. So that you you know what the boundaries are within you, what feels good to you. Mm-hmm. Um which and giving yourself permission also to to feel good about who you are and how you, how you exist in the world, no matter what anyone else is saying to you, you know, and that is, I mean, that is a challenge, but I also think, you know, I, I can, I I feel like I can hear like the, well, how it is, how can everybody just do whatever they want? Like, how will the world work that way? Like, how will, Mm -hmm. how will society function if everybody's just like it's anarchy isn't it it's like not necessarily like I said we all have our own roles to play mm-hmm. you know and right now everything is very unbalanced because we value we overvalue just working just doing just mm-hmm. hustling hustling and hustling for no other reason than to hustle it's a badge in our culture mm-hmm. I think the pandemic has probably changed that a little bit you know there's a I- great resignation there's, there's like a, quiet yeah. quitting. There's like a sh- there's a slow shift. Slow I can sense I can sense that there's a slow shift. As projectors, I'm like I can sense there's a slow shift. Like yeah. with all the polars. Okay, this is a whole nother conversation. We could talk for hours. <laughs> but there's like I mean there's a slow shift in a lot of a lot of um, long standing narratives and um, beliefs and things like that. So um, yeah, there's I think. Okay, I just lost my train of thought, everyone. So I'm, let me get get gather that back. But <laughs> but I think I know what you're saying. It's like there is a slow shift towards p- many people having the privilege and the opportunity to rethink how they are in the world. You know, and yes. my hope is that, you know, if if enough of us are able and willing to do that work, which is it's a different mm-hmm. type of work. It's an energetic mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. then we can create more space, more abundance and equity for those of us who don't have the opportunity to make those decisions right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work an hourly job, you can't just, you can't quiet quit. Like there's no quiet quitting an hourly job, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. We, I believe that, you know, the more that we are all able to live our own design, mm-hmm. the more we are able to create a universe of abundance, equity, justice, and compassion for all of us, the more willing we'll be to share resources with each other. Yeah, it's the collective. This is where my my thoughts just came back, everyone. This is where the, the collective community, like it's a collective, we all need each other. Like all the, like in human design, as you're talking, all the five archetypes, we all need each other to do the work together collectively. It's not just one. And like that conditioning of doing, doing, which we have the capitalism, you could call it, like we are trying to, I, I see it. We're trying to shift into a new narrative where we honor everyone's different, say in human design terms, archetypes and honor that we all need to work together. Because like you said in the beginning, as we're coming full circle, that <laughs> we all, you know, our energies work with each other, right? Like, so that's, that comes to like, we just need it, you know, collectively we all need each other the archetypes not one archetype is better than the other right we all have a role in the play which i love that exactly we all have a role in the play Mm -hmm. and i mean and it it can start with 
you living your own experiment with your own human design and learning about that and playing with it and interacting with others. Um, and then, you know, if we take and and then ex and then expanding it out and seeing how that affects everyone else, like by modeling that, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so there's so many other facets of human design. <laughs> it's an endless, <laughs> endless, endless rabbit hole that you will never. Which you know, and you can learn as much as you want or as little as you want. For me, you know, part of my design is that I love learning. I love the mm -hmm. rabbit holes. I want to know literally everything every little tiny detail mm -hmm. that is part of my design but not for not for everyone you know just you can learn as much or as little as you want and you don't need to know everything to start living your experience experiment and you and you don't have to wait either like you just learn about what you're interested in play with that mm -hmm. apply it you know and then if you want to learn more you you never ever have to stop learning <laughs> yeah you never and that's 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 for me like i i love learning but i don't i don't go all the way into deep into the details my design is like which i'm like oh that makes sense like i like to learn about certain things and then i'm like okay next thing you know like that's mm -hmm. just how i'm designed um so yeah if you uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like i am so curious like hit up Audie, Audie and she um, does human design readings. Is that correct? Would you mm -hmm. like to talk about more like what you offer and can offer to our audience? With? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I love to give human design readings. Um, there are a few different levels of readings um, mm -hmm. that I offer. Um, the first one is, you know, it's a level one reading. So you'll learn about your energy type. You'll learn about um, your inner authority. You'll learn about your strategy. Um, str strategy in human design is you know, how you make big decisions. And your authority is how you make those decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and so the first, the first level reading offers that. Level two goes more into like energy centers. Level three goes more into... Um, more of the nitty gritty stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so if you really want to go down the rabbit holes, we can do that um, in a level three reading. But I would recommend starting with a level one. I'm actually in the process of doing my last certification right now. Um, and I'll be certified level four quantum human design specialist in next summer. So I'm pretty excited about that. But if you go to my website, you can learn more about booking a reading with me and some of my other coaching services as well. Yeah. So I will have those links on there. I have done a level one reading. Have I done a level two? You I did can't... a level two. I did. I did yeah. do a level two. And it is fascinating, everyone. Like I will have to say, like I, I understand how my energy works and I understand now when like I've borrowed energy because I think I, I have reached out and I'm like, oh, I totally burned my sacral energy. <laughs> <laughs> and so this it's it's super insightful, um, super eye-opening. And I think the biggest thing for me with human design is learning, is understanding what are the things that I want to decondition or need to decondition mm -hmm. from. And it feels good. Like it feels more resonating for me. Like I feel mm -hmm. more in tune with like who I have been created to be. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's for me, you know, that's the purpose of human design is helping my clients and my reading clients like feel more like themselves and give themselves permission to live like themselves so that they can live sustainably in the world. I think that's the name of the game, mm -hmm. right? Instead of burning ourselves out all the time or being overwhelmed or exhausted or, you know, being in situations that don't feel good um, to be able to respond to our lives and respond to the world in a way that keeps us going and keeps us feeling energized and optimistic and abundant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a great way to just wrap that up, Adi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, this was so fun to talk about human design. I feel like we could talk even more about that, but um, for sure, we're going to do a projector episode. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Projectors, I feel like we love talking about project being a projector. Yes, we do. Fun. We can talk about all the nap We can stuff. swap nap tips. <laughs> nap tips. Where do you want to sit and just stare out into the sky? <laughs> anytime <laughs> yes as we digress so thank you so much Adi for your time and I hope everyone that you enjoyed the conversation please do check out my show notes um, to connect with Adi and get a reading and just one first step figure out what archetype you are so all right thank you so much Adi thank you Alrighty, here are the six main takeaways from today's episode about human design. One, human design is another tool that's available for you if you find it helpful. Two, find the personality assessment tool that works or resonates for you and that piques your desire, whether it's human design, Enneagram, and many others that are out there. Three, human design combines different systems to determine your body graph, which is calculated by your birthday, date, time, which is most important, and location. Four, the body graph gives you a picture of how your energy works and how outside energy influences you. You can get your free human design chart at freehumandesignchart.com. The link is in the show notes. Five, there are five human design archetypes, generator, manifester, manifester generator, projector, reflector. We all have a role in the play within this world and all the archetypes need each other to work together. And six, the moment you recognize yourself in your human design is the moment your experiment begins with your human design archetype. And now here are some coaching questions to help you reflect on the conversation from today's episode. One, what personality tools are you interested in and are helpful for you? Two, what does it look like to give yourself permission to live in alignment with who you are? And these questions are for you if you resonate with human design as a tool. One, what aspects of your archetype are helpful for you? Two, what does it look like to experiment and play with living your human design? Alrighty, friends, if you enjoyed listening to this episode and would love to know more about human design and know more about Audi, do reach out to Audi at audisudarkoff.com. You can click the link in the show notes. Once again, thanks for listening, and I can't wait to jam with you next time. Bye, y'all.